Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a ministry leader, and I am passionate about helping people live in freedom because life is too short and we have too much to do for any of us to live enslaved. I would love to connect with you online. You can go to my website. You can find me on social media. Just Google my name. You can find my books wherever books are sold, or you can also find them on Amazon. And today we're going to be talking about something I'm pretty sure all of us struggle with in some capacity, but we might not be aware that this is what is going on. And that is the fear of missing out. And it can present itself in a lot of ways, but like any fear, it pushes us towards striving and self-reliance and it distances us from God and from and it hinders our ability to rest in his grace and therefore to really hear his guidance. God wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to find fulfillment in him and his plans for us because he created us. He knows precisely what we need and what we don't need in order to thrive, in order to live fully alive and we can trust him to lead us towards his very best, to the filled to overflowing life that Jesus promised us in John 10, verse 10. He said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I, and that was Jesus speaking, came that they, that's you and I, might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants us to live fully alive. And he gave his life. That's how important it is to him that we live in this abundant life that he promised. He gave his life, died on the cross for you and I so that we could come alive, so that we could fully live. And therefore, we can trust him to lead us towards his very best for us. But at every moment, it's like we have these two forces pulling on us. We have one force that's kind of leading us toward, it's stealing our joy. It's robbing our effectiveness. It's robbing our clarity and our inner tranquility. Or we can, this other force that's drawing us towards life and vitality and freedom and fear of missing out, it can present in numerous ways. So in our careers, it can, it can cause us to work ourselves too hard. It can cause like a workaholic mentality where we feel like if we don't do this thing, if we don't receive that promotion, if we don't, if we don't master this project well, if we don't accept this particular project or, or if we don't receive this client or maybe like for, for writers, it would be if, if we don't go to that particular conference or if we don't meet with that particular publishing house or sign with that p- particular publishing house, then our career is going to be thwarted and it's not going to play out as we had hoped. Now, do you see the lies? Can you sense the lies that are tied up in that? First of all, that rests in an orphan mentality where we're thinking, okay, we're behaving as if we are all on our own to navigate a really harsh world completely by ourselves, as if we have to have everything figured out. And if we don't have everything figured out, it's like God's up in heaven saying, oh, I'm, you messed it up there. So yeah, you're kind of lost now. I mean, that's the mentality when we have this, when we operate in fear of missing out. That's the, the mentality that we're carrying. And we're, we're carrying this idea that we create our own destiny. If we make that plan, 
If we reach the right promotion, if we gain the right success, if we accept the right opportunity, then we can make our life go as we desire. When we know scripture tells us that God is sovereign. So at each moment, we have two gods within vying for authority, the God of self or our creator God. One leads to life. When we worship and serve and honor and submit to one, it leads to life. The other leads to death and chaos and anxiety and futility and disillusionment. And every moment we have a choice. And when we sense the striving rising up within us, it's an indication that we're living in a lie, that we've bought hold of a lie, and we haven't fully embraced a truth. And those lies will vary, and we've, we've mentioned a couple of them. But anytime we sense that striving rise up within us, it's, it's a hint that we need to pause, and we need to prayerfully ask God to examine our hearts, to show us what we're really afraid of, to show us the lie that is attached to it, and to counter that lie with truth. And that might be a process. That's not something like one Saturday we wake up stressed and overwhelmed, and then we have like our five-minute time with Jesus, and then boom, we're good to go. He might reveal that slowly as we just walk closer to him. And so fear of missing out, like I said, it can cause us to overwork ourselves, which then costs us our relationship. It costs us our peace. It costs us our sanity, potentially. It can also leave us so busy taking on all these assignments that God hasn't created for us, that God hasn't planned for us, that we miss out on what he has. And and even if we do somehow grab hold of everything we're not going to do anything very effectively. But if we, if we surrender to precisely what God is calling us to do, and if we organize our schedules and our time and our priority around His will, then everything will fall into place and we begin to thrive. We begin to come alive because we live as we were meant to be living. Another way fear of missing out can, how it can present in our lives is it can paralyze us. And sometimes I can do this. So here is what that looks like. Say we have, maybe we're waiting, we're fresh out of college and we have all these job offers and one comes to us right away and it seems like a really great offer. But we know if we say yes to this job, then we're saying no to any future opportunities, at least in the short term, that might arise. And so we're paralyzed because what if a better job offer comes? Or for writers, it might be like, okay, if I sign with this this publisher, then what if if I were to wait if another publisher comes along and it's a better deal? Now, do you can you sense the lie in that mentality? What's really, if you go deep, again, it's saying that I have to have it all figured out. I am my own God. My wisdom is best. So I'm going to figure this out because I am completely on my own navigating my career or whatever it is. And therefore, if I if I fail, then everything is going to go off the rails. When again, scripture tells us that God has a good plan for us, that he is guiding us, that he is growing us. In fact, he is more concerned with what is going on internally in our relationship with him and just our daily drawing closer to him than any decision we make in the short term because he is a good, loving 
Father, and he is growing us and leading us towards his very best, always. And sometimes, even if we go deeper in these fears, whether it's the fear of where we overload ourselves because we fear if we don't take that opportunity that we're going to somehow not get the promotion, or if we do take that opportunity, we're not going to be able to accept another opportunity later, Really, we're, we're, there are some core needs we're trying to fill in our own strength, whether it's the need for significance. We think that job is going to provide us significance. The need for, for achievement, that's a God-given need. But if we, if we do it outside of God's will, it leads to futility and it leads to chaos and confusion and anxiety and stress. Or maybe we're afraid my family won't be pleased or my wife won't be pleased. And so the core need of that would be a sense of belonging or, or a sense of, of acceptance. And we know God created those needs within us, and therefore we can trust him to meet those needs. And there's such a different way of living when we're able to achieve and to progress out of the excitement of continual growth versus out of fear. We thrive when we pursue those opportunities out of excitement, saying, hey, Lord, you provided this for me. I'm going to walk with you, and you're going to stretch me, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to grow, and this is going to be an intimate experience between you and I. That's such a beautiful thing. And that's where power occurs, where where we're really enabled to live out whatever opportunity that he has presented us with. But when we live in fear, we turn, like I said, to self-reliance and to striving, and we distance ourselves from Jesus Christ, our guide, our stabilizer, our power source, our comforter, and our friend, our creator. And so we need to, whenever we sense striving rise up within us, we need to recognize that that's kind of like a warning signal to us that something is amiss. We've either believed a lie or we haven't fully grabbed hold of a truth. And so we need to hit pause and we need to say, Lord, what is going on here? What am I really afraid of? If I lose their respect, okay, so what is going on? Why am I so afraid of losing their respect? Why am I so, why is that promotion so important to me? What am I really trying to gain? What need am I trying to fill by grabbing hold of that promotion? And then once we get to that layer, that's when God can really do his business and when he can really bring about some freedom. And when I think about, just this fear of missing out and the striving and all the ugliness that can result from that. I'm, I'm often reminded of Sarah and the whole Sarah and Abraham story. So you might be familiar with their story. You can find it in Genesis 12 to 23. I'm going to give you a little bit of a backdrop. So they were a couple. They're considered the Abraham is considered the father of the Jewish nation, and and God pulled him out of a pagan environment, gave him a big promise. He's like, Abraham, you are going to have more descendants than the stars in the sky, and I'm going to bless you, and all the nations are going to be blessed because of you. And But at the time, he and his wife didn't have any children, and they're pretty old. And so the story progresses, and they travel. They go from the land of Ur to Egypt, and, and they're just time goes on over a decade and they're still, still, they haven't had a child. And I just get this sense from Sarah. So God spoke to Abraham directly. He's like, I'm going to bless you. But we don't really see Sarah mentioned in the promise until I believe it's like Genesis 17, when God clearly states, no, this promise is going to come through Sarah as well. So prior to that, I just get this sense that, that Sarah, she's like, okay, I know God is going to bless my husband, this, uh, but 
I'm not sure if he's going to bless me. I might, I might miss out on this blessing. And so what does she do? She finagles away that she is not going to miss out. She begins striving and she turns to self-reliance and she says, hey, Abraham, why don't you sleep with my maidservant? You have a child by her. And so Abraham does and, and their maidservant called Hagar, she gets pregnant and just a mess of dysfunction followed. The two women, they became hostile towards one another. And then the kids, they, Sarah eventually does get pregnant. Her kids are hostile towards one another. Eventually Abraham sends Hagar and his son away. And it's just this, this mess of dysfunction that was created from Sarah's fear and striving and conniving. But here's the deal. God had included her in the promise from the very beginning, but she didn't know her father. She didn't know his heart enough to trust him. If she had known her father, then she wouldn't have turned to self-reliance. And that's a lesson for us as well. Whenever we turn to self-reliance, we're indicating that we don't truly know our father or we don't truly trust him. We don't truly believe that he is who he says he is, that he did what he said he did, that he's going to do what he has promised to do. And I encourage you to go back and listen to our first episode in the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we unpack how understanding who God is, what he's done, and what he's promised, really, that is the answer. Now, it's a big, big, complicated issue to unpack. But when we really understand that, it frees us. All of our fears can be expelled in who God is and what he's done and what he's promised. And that is certainly true with our fear of missing out because we can trust that, like I said, he does have a plan. He is working out his plan. He's a good, faithful, attentive, loving father, which means he is going to guide us towards that plan. Scripture tells us whether we turn to the left or the right, we will hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. What if all of our decisions, whether we're missing out or not missing out or grabbing onto something or not grabbing onto something, what if the bigger blessing in each of those things is the intimacy with God that they offer? As we just, we say, Lord, if we bring it to him and we say, Lord, how are you guiding us? And every time we seek his will in the matter, we are growing a little closer to him. We are learning to discern his voice better. And that will, our relationship will hit with him will have a greater impact on our long-term success and our fulfillment and our peace and our relationships, our entire lives, that abundant life that we talked about, that will have more impact than any decision we make in the present. And when we live in that state of, of trust, of freedom, and of expectancy, we speak the truth of the gospel to everyone we come encounter with. We reveal the reality, the truth, and the power of the gospel. And we speak it to our kids as well. I see this fear of missing out. It's so easy as parents to really train it in our children. And here's how it might present. So we have our child and we, we look at all of these opportunities. And nowadays there are more opportunities than there is. There's probably always been more opportunities than time. But it just feels like it's just the, the bar keeps raising and the busyness keeps increasing. And so we, we look at these opportunities and we think, if my child, if, if, if he doesn't make the traveling sports team, if she doesn't go to that dance competition, if, if she doesn't. 
if she's not able to go to that dance club or camp or or if they're not able to join this particular club or activity, then they're going to be left behind. They're not going to be successful. They're not going to make the, the junior high team, and then they won't make the high school team, and then they won't make the college team, and they might not get a scholarship, and they might not go to college. I mean, we can kind of just spiral our thoughts, and they can snowball one to the next. Or maybe we think if, if they don't do this activity, they're going to somehow feel you know, be emotionally harmed or whatever it is. Or if they don't have this opportunity, they're not going to make the friends in this situation, and they're going to be excluded. But what are we teaching our kids when we behave that way, when we overschedule them. First of all, we're teaching them to live in fear. We're training them to be workaholics. And we are hindering their ability to seek God. We're basically saying to them that we need to make decisions for them. They're incapable of making decisions. That's another byproduct of, of that behavior. But we're also training them not to rest in grace, not to rest in Christ. And if we overschedule them, first of all, we're probably elevating their anxiety because kids just need time to be. There is such freedom and health and peace in boredom, in just sitting and reflecting. So we can create in them just this sense that they have to keep running, 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 and we're creating that in them when they're very when their ideologies are formed when their when their personalities are just starting to take form and so we are creating a lifestyle within them that will lead to a lifetime of anxiety and stress and striving well can lead to a life i mean god can intervene absolutely and bring freedom but our behavior does have consequences and when i think about just how we can overschedule our families or maybe our children i'm reminded of jacob and esau in the bible and so their mom her name was rebecca and jacob and esau were twins and she all she loved Jacob best. Like he was her favorite. And so she was always fighting for him to have dominance. Well, here's the thing. When Jacob, when she was pregnant with both Jacob and Esau, God basically said that her younger son was going to serve her oldest. So he's like, I am going to bless your oldest son. He already had the blessing, but Apparently, Rebecca still had a fear of her son missing out, and so she spent her life just striving to elevate him. And then we also had where Esau basically gave his blessing to Jacob. So Esau came home from hunting. He was really starved, and Jacob was creating this stew. He'd he'd made this lentil stew, and and Esau's like, give me some of the stew. Jacob said, I will if you trade your birthright, and and that included all the blessings that and authority that went with that. Well, Esau's like, okay, sure, yeah, have it. And so here we have two signs that God was elevating Jacob, but still Rachel or Rebecca, excuse me, was operating in fear. And so when her husband, when he was nearing death, and so in the ancient culture, that was when the father would speak blessings over his children. And so he's about to speak blessings over his children. And Rebecca, she starts conniving and striving and manipulating. She's like, hey, you know, you need to go deceive your father and and pretend to be your brother so that he gives Esau's blessing on you. And that's exactly what Jacob does. And so Jacob's father blesses him and Esau becomes enraged, murderously 
enraged and Jacob flees. He leaves his homeland. He leaves his family, everything he knows, and he lives in another land. And so look what Rebecca's behavior cost him. And in fact, he and Esau, they remained in relational conflict, just huge conflict for a long, until they were grown men. And God eventually reconciled them back together because that's what he does. But they had lost so much, so many years that they couldn't take back again for a blessing that God had already provided for them. And so here's here's the truth. God has a plan for our children. He has a plan for our careers. He has a plan for our lives. Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's masterpiece. That's in the New Living Translation version. We are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works which he planned for us long ago. So he already has a plan like we've talked about. And we recognize those plans when we are in Christ Jesus. That's when we come alive. That's when we live as we were meant to live. So our goal for ourselves and for our children is to align ourselves with God, to be so intimately connected with him that we naturally, that our, that his spirit within us naturally draws us towards the things of him, where we just pray, Lord, turn my heart to the things of you and turn my heart off of the things that aren't you. And here's where it gets tricky. So let's say we're doing that and we still have all of these opportunities and we, we need to know, do we take this job or do we not take this job? Do we sign with that publisher? Do we not sign with that publisher? Do we accept this opportunity? Do we serve in this role? Whatever it is, do we take on that marriage? I mean, it, it can be any anything that comes our way. How do we make that decision? And first, I just want to reiterate that God is such a faithful, loving, attentive God. And I have found in my life when something is very important to him, he makes it clear and he reiterates it. He doesn't make me sit there and guess. And he's not up in heaven saying, oh, I'm sorry, you got it wrong. And I'm just going to kind of let you go now. He is very gentle. And he will tell me again and again and again, because I'm kind of slow and it takes a little bit for me. But he's gentle and loving and patient. And he doesn't fault me. For seeking out his will. And the rest of the time, I feel like it's just a green light. If, if, he, if he presents me with these different opportunities and I'm not sensing from him, he's not redirecting me. He's not giving me any kind of warning. And I've prayed about it and I'm walking with him. And it aligns with, with the truth I know in scripture. Is it loving? Is it right? Is it honorable? then I can accept the opportunity and know, even if another opportunity comes later, God is still going to lead me towards his very best. So we can either live in an orphan mentality where we think we're all on our own and we have to have it all figured out, or we can live in the freedom of knowing that we belong to the risen, almighty, ever-present Savior. And I love, it's a familiar passage, but it's so important for us to really concentrate on, meditate on, and really live out. And it's Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. I want to unpack that a little bit. I think the most important part of that verse, or a very important part of that verse is, and lean not on your own understanding. Fear of missing out comes when we lean on our own understanding, when we think, like I said, that we have to have it all figured out. But we know 
that our reasoning is faulty, that we're often deceived. We only can see that next step ahead of us, but God knows the future. He knows exactly where he wants to take us and everything we're going to need, the growth that he needs to to create within us for us to be ready for whatever he assigns. And it says, submit to him. It's recognizing God, you are sovereign. You are all knowing. You are all loving. You do have perfect wisdom and I don't. And so I am going to submit to you. And and I always will pray, Lord, give me the courage to submit to you. And then the last part says, he will make your paths straight. He will take care of us. He will guide us. And there's another passage that I like to turn into a prayer, especially if I'm struggling with decisions. And it's Romans 12, 1 to 2. And it says, in view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. Let this be your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. And then we will know and we will test and we will prove God's perfect will. So what that passage is saying, first of all, we just camp out on the cross. In view of God's mercy, in view of all that God did for us, in view of the price that Christ paid to set us free and to give us life, which right there, let's just pause, that proves he can be trusted with our life, right? He gave his life for ours so we can trust him with our life. So in view of all that, I offer my body, that means my time, my agenda, my thoughts, my dreams, my plans, I offer it all as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. That is how I worship him. That is how I show him the depth of my love. And when I do that, when I don't conform to the ways of this world, the the ways of this world says you have to have it figured out, take care of you or nobody else will strive and work hard and make your destiny. And that is not what scripture teaches. So do not be conformed to the ways of this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The more we walk close to Jesus, the more we spend time with him through prayer, through reading scripture and connecting with other believers and and attending church service and doing Bible studies, all of those things, every time we grow in our faith, God is transforming the way that we think. And so eventually we're not going to have to worry, hey, is is this, should I do this thing? Should I do that thing? Is this thought of God? Is this thought not of God? I mean, we always want to check, obviously, check ourselves against scripture, but eventually it's where God aligns our thinking so that we begin to think like he does. We begin to desire the things that he desires. There's a really good book. It's by Andy Stanley. It's called Ask It. And so if we're, if we're wrestling with what decisions to make, he, he, in that book, he lays it out, some guidance that we can follow to make those decisions and basically says, is this wise at this moment? And I think that's a really great question because fear of missing out, it's living ahead and not in the present. It's like, what if this happens or what if this doesn't happen? And my husband will always remind me, you made the best decision with the information you had at the time, and that's all we can do. So we make the best decision we can, the wisest decision we can at the time. And then we trust God to make our path straight. And I encourage you, if you haven't already done so, or maybe even as a review, that you would go back and listen to our first episode in the Faith Over Fear, where we unpack that really 
The more we know who God is, what he's done and what he's promised, the more courage we have to live, to move forward into freedom. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I would love it if you would if you would rate it, if you would share it, make sure to subscribe. I've got a lot of great content still coming up. I'm going to have some show notes with some additional resources, some group discussion questions, gather your friends around and, and talk these things out. Maybe gather your family together. I think it'd be a really great way to, to develop vision, vision casting for your family, that you and your family are going to live in freedom, in grace, and in God's will. And so make sure to go, you can find those at crosswalk.com backslash podcast. Thank you again for listening. And I just encourage you live in grace, live in freedom, because like I said before, life is too short and we have too much to do for any of us to live enslaved. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.